0: Ugh. That was yawn. It's all good.
1: How dare you?
0: your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim
1: Mernier.
0: And fans of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the Walls podcast. I am Zach Heilman bringing you in, as always, to the latest edition of the show. It is currently jumping on in to our latest in NAL game day, for this week, leading you into week four of the National Arena League season, got plenty of exciting matchups to kick things off, plenty of discussion ahead, of course, previewing who we think will win, who we th- what keys you're going to see the game, and of the like, let's bring in, of course, my good old buddy pal, co-host, the Extraordinaire on the opposite side of the screen. It is Jim Mernier joining me today in his, uh, in his Jaguars hoodie. It is, mm-hmm. it is NFL draft day as we're recording. So you know, mm-hmm. both of us are also kind of, we're side-eyeing that, but we got NAL on the minds. We still, we still have that in razor focus. Uh, Jim, how, how you doing today, man?
2: Uh, it is Thursday evening, of course, for the people who just listened just a second ago, but like Jaguar hoodie draft day. Um, but yeah, week four is here. We have a special guest uh, joining today. If you see the thumbnail, you know who it is Connor Blount, uh, the quarterback mm-hmm. of the Jacksonville uh, um, Sharks. Uh loaded show, three big games this weekend uh, expansion battle in West Texas, uh, a championship rematch in Carolina, and the renewal of a rivalry between Orlando and Jacksonville. So week four is pretty loaded of action here in the NAL. And could be an area where we might start seeing some separation between the pack and the muck. So early yes. possibly, but still week four is just when this, this recording tomorrow. No, yep. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. Cause it'll be Friday. Tomorrow. I'm on yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Confused. The,
0: the next day, the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Razor, Razor focus. Yeah. We got, we got a fun week ahead of us, of course, in week four. Um, plenty, I think, of discussion in terms of just uh, kind of separating out the top, maybe that middle section, as you mentioned. Um, I think two of these matchups, I think, will be crucial in that regard. One, uh, One of them, I think, is just you're hoping if you are a certain Florida team, you are hoping that you get off the mat and you can get some adjustments. We'll talk, of course, about this game over in Jacksonville with the Predators traveling over to the Shark Tank at the Star Memorial Coliseum a little later. I might as well rattle through the rest of the matchups while we're at it. We'll, of course, get into them a bit more. Um, the expansion matchup as we're labeling it, the uh, two new teams on the block, Fayetteville, is going over to West Texas and Odessa, taking on the Warbirds over there at the Ector County Coliseum, the hangar as they have as it is labeled. And then finally, Albany hitting the road for the first time this year. They're going to the Snake Pit to take on the Cobras over in Green, at the Greensboro Coliseum. Should be a fun matchup of course as well um, as has been pretty much the case all season in the NAL. we'll again you know, we'll dive into these a little uh, more in depth um however got a few things of course to take care of first off by the way I haven't been saying hadn't didn't say this last episode but we will check out our social media we've been uh, really cranking things up all across the board Facebook Instagram and Twitter at InWallspod. pod and we've been getting a lot of a lot of new followers here on the tw- on the Twitter side of things so you know appreciate all the new follow and uh, attention from you folks over there. On the twitter sphere um but yeah make sure to follow us on those platforms also hit that subscribe button by the way if you haven't watched a video version why not jump on in uh go and join a lot of the new subscribers we've been getting too by the way that's been also nice past that 200 sub count recently uh that was pretty sweet so thank you all especially new folks for tuning in to that and uh as we've said on not this show but of course another one you know click that bell Builds morale, makes us feel pretty happy, and you get to keep up with the latest episodes throughout the year. Uh, which remember, we do two a week, so you definitely want that bell put on your subscription if you don't want to miss anything uh, past or future with the NAL season as you go along. All right, kicking things off as well, we got talk power rankings. This is the game day segment, after all. Uh, as we we're saying, power rankings, or as we're calling them meet, we're calling them polls too. Uh, some things have changed the NAL. Um, they got they got they got the coaches involved now. Uh, they're getting people they're getting the coaches opinions and building a poll and putting it out. and this was a great new piece to their website and to social media. They've been starting to post a few more things lately. I got to give them kudos. You got to give props to the league when they're starting to do more social media, more outreach type of stuff to build their brand. So awesome here. As you can see, we'll go with the coaches poll first and kick things off. You can tell right away, gunslingers are ranked on top. Empire hold that number two spot. Jacksonville right at them with number three. Fayetteville hold steady at number four. Then you got Carolina, West Texas, and Orlando rounding out the rear and it's funny you know we'll jump over to the media poll in just a second but uh you know jim i mean this isn't too far off from what uh us on the opposite side of this equation have been thinking leading into week four
2: and honestly we can both say between us three or the four of us who voted for our our poll uh two teams are very similar how close they are in both polls but especially for the coaches poll this is just what the coaches think themselves, um, and it f- makes them honestly. When we think of polls and rankings and how we do it, it, it just tells you that what we think, what we observe as listeners or fans and as people cover this league, that the coaches have the same similar feelings like we do, um, yeah. which is a, which it means that we're doing a good job probably, and, uh, and B, it just tells what the coaches think how the, the league is at this time. And, of course, every poll, every coach's poll, every media poll, every power ranking, it changes, and especially in professional sports. There's no – yeah, rankings are rankings. If you're in the top four, you're in the playoffs. And those those are the four positions you need to matter the most when it's all said and done here in the NAL or any league that has a postseason format.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And I think a lot of this is, of course, respecting the talents up top and some of the recent scheduling, you know, like talk about last week. I mean, Albany doesn't even move after the loss, but I mean, that's also coming at the fact that one pos- one play difference, one Jack out of the box call difference. And we're talking about a completely different game here too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Of and course. I, and I think that also stands out when you see the Jacksonville still right there as well. Cause I mean, you know San San Antonio definitely deserves that one, but I mean, boy, it is a uh, it has been hard fought for the top of the league in this early going of the year.
2: Yeah, it, it it's early still, and you'll have people saying why certain teams are not their position, and a lot of criteria changes from game to game or scenario to scenario. But in this case, uh, when you're undefeated in the league, you get the you should be clear cut number one. Yes, I know it's only week three, week four, entering week four, but when you have a zero and on in the right column, you're doing something good. And Absolutely. you should be rewarded for
1: that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think you'd see a lot of fans out west that uh would be even more upset that they were if they weren't ranked at this top spot. They're actually I was gonna say we. they're a uh, head coach. I uh, got a shout out to Coach Shaw here. I we see you posting about us uh, with the ranks and some of the preseason stuff. Look at you! You're up top of the coaches poll, and uh, you'll see in a second. Let's flip that bad boy over to the media poll. We're calling it that now. We're gonna move forward with that. Hey, we also got him on top too. So shout out all you gunslingers fans out there. All you folks over over there, <laughs> over in western in central west Texas there. Uh, you guys get to enjoy that top spot this week. Only one difference between the two polls. You'll notice that two, three spot is flipped. The Sharks are put at two in terms of our media poll. That includes uh, us two, along with folks that have been on the show uh, in recent weeks that we help collaborate and behind the scenes. Uh, that also includes, um, you know, like Mason Espinoza is included in this poll as well. So um, we currently have them ranked at two. Albany three, otherwise four through seven in that top spot, all staying the same in terms of the coaches. Now, this is the interesting question, and I think we'll elaborate a little more. Is what uh, Jim, I think maybe you and I share similar, similar takes on this. Why did we put Jacksonville, as, in, ter- in terms of unanimously, because all of our polls we had with the guys that contributed to the show, they all put Jacksonville at two on our end. Why do we got them at two this week?
2: I have them at two this week because of the common opponent that both San Antonio or both Albany and San Albany and San Antonio or Albany and Jackson's play was a loss to San Antonio. There you go, James. It took you three times, (laughs) but it's the common loss. And yes, it's, it comes down to points. Jack's lost by one Albany lost by two. And also you have to reward Jacksonville for their two wins and yeah Albany did their big time win against Orlando which is that's all the respect but Jacksonville with the two wins uh you gotta give them you know my opinion gotta give them a little bit of an edge because they are two and one they do have a current better record than Albany so you gotta award that but for me it's it was literally a coin flip Albany or Jacksonville Albany or Jacksonville in my opinion for my poll um but yeah, it's this is strange. This is now the third, uh, second consecutive week that me, you, Mason, and other guy people who are behind the scenes that do the media poll, basically have the same poll throughout the league or throughout the one through seven. And of course, like I mentioned before, polls change doesn't mean anything. Top four means everything in this league. So
0: yeah, wrong. And I, I'm kind of in the similar sympathies with you. Um, I, I think. I think it's gonna it's kind of two and three you know i i think you're gonna see that be kind of highly contested throughout the season and i also of course once these two match up Mm -hmm. later in the year we'll we'll have our own discussions of course but i think what i'm seeing from jacksonville um just a team that i think consistently week over week has been getting better every step of the way Mm -hmm. um you know we can't really talk about connor blount being that newcomer qb because in the last two weeks, he's shown that he does not look like that at all. He looks like one of the top, legitimately one of the top QBs in this league right now. I mean, he's leading in touchdowns and passing yards currently in the NAL. There's probably a, a reason that that narrative, you know, it got done in the first half in West Texas. After that, uh, Gibson and company they they ironed out the kinks post week one. It's been smooth sailing for the most part ever since. And you know, sure, I mean, you look at the comp- you look at the competition, you know. Uh, Yes, they did have to go against. They did have to go against uh, gunslingers, and they definitely held their own. Um, you can even make the argument. I think this is to me what is the standout to me in terms of that number two, is that I have a ton of respect for Fayetteville. You look at that game against Fayetteville, you know, and we discussed it heavily. That is a lot closer of a contest if Raheem Cato doesn't get knocked out with a lower leg injury in the third quarter. In mm-hmm. the third quarter, that, that completely different game. And a lot of that game would have come down to just who scored last and who made the least amount of mistakes. Jacksonville is a disciplined team, like without a doubt, much more disciplined than last year already. Um, much more clean play. Little mistakes have been made. I mean, that last game in Fayetteville, they didn't—they never got stopped. Scores every possession, mm-hmm. and that's against a good football team that we have. Both the coaches and us have ranked right at the right within playoff range right now, and they are. You know, when Cato's in, they are uh, in that argument for a playoff team. So, you know, I think that's a good, I think that they deserve that too, according to us. Um, But man, that threshold's pretty tight, just given the fact that, I mean, it's still hard to put Albany at three right there. But I mean, you know, someone's got to be put at two. Someone's got to put at three. Um, Slight variance of difference, but hey, rest of the polls seem pretty uh, in line. I, I agree though. I mean, you know, Carolina gets another crack this week against Albany. We'll talk about that, of course. Mm-hmm. West Texas will get their next crack to get their first win in the NAL against a fable team that I think has a few questions anyhow. We're going to be discussing those two and some uh, some vagueness as to what that um, QB situation will be.
2: A lot of questions will be answered, especially here in week four. And again, as the season keeps going, more and more of the questions that we have for whatever team will be answering. And of course, we know in the NAL, any other league, or especially in this league,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, how a free agency slash transaction wires can change your team overnight. We see that a lot that happens with a lot of teams, especially teams teams are struggling early. They find additions, they add more players, and they find a spark. West Texas has done that. Uh, Fayetteville has kind of done that since the, the list of injuries have started uh populating their transaction wire. Um, and, of course, Jacksonville just signed a, a receiver that was pretty solid at Florida State. Uh, Tamorian Terry, he's now at Florida State. Or he's now in Jacksonville. He played Florida State, so that's a a, a good addition. Um, but, yeah, uh, the strange thing about this league, the strange thing about the sport is that your team this week could be completely different from the team next week. Um, But yeah, Yeah. this is week four and we have three games on the docket and to kick off, I think this, we should go to uh, the expansion battle in Texas.
0: Yes, I think that is a great start. Um, We'll hang on to that interview with Connor as we get closer to our discussion about the uh, game of the week, of course. Which will be Jackson, will be Orlando coming to Jacksonville. But let's talk about the the battle of the new of the new of the new blood. I guess we can call it that. The expansion battle. The you know the uh, I would say essentially the uh, the newcomers getting the getting the early early bumps and bruises. Although more so for West Texas, less mm-hmm. so for Fayetteville. You know, still have that one win over Orlando and still showed their stripes and very much good accord against the Jacksonville Sharks thing is, as we are coming into this comp, this competition against the, again, against the Warbirds, if you're Fayetteville, if you're a Mustangs fan, you have questions specifically who's throwing the football around in Fayetteville. And I think this got a little more muddied when transaction wire came out early this week saying the backup QB got shipped out of town. He is not door. DeAndre Borle is not on the roster anymore. Um, Rakeem Cato and company, they haven't hinted specifically if he's healthy yet. And we won't know that until probably post-show when the injury report does come out on late Friday nights usually. Mm -hmm. So that'll be fun to be looking out for. Definitely check that out. So you got to make a, if you're making picks like we will be, you got to factor that in. Do you risk taking a pick not knowing who the QB is? Now, credit, no other QB that we are aware of is on that roster um, right now except Cato. And no transactions have come across that have said otherwise, but the NAL, if there's one thing you'll know, some transactions come post the game week too. So mm-hmm. again, that's not even certain that you can say that it is Raheem Cato because it could be a transaction coming in very last minute to where the commissioner and company can't get it out in time for the week. So a lot of stuff you have to put into factor. Also, if you're Fayetteville, you just had, I mean, they did a solid job against Orlando, but you, you know, out of your two games, you had a pretty terrible defensive performance against Jacksonville. Um, no stops. Uh, didn't just a lot of miscommunications I felt in the secondary. And you get to play a West Texas team. Now credit, they got some, they got two bar balls and some special teams touchdowns on Carolina, but Daniel Smith and company look like they figured it out a little bit more. Uh, and I mean, they did just pick up a little, a nice uh, lineman addition on the recent transactions. Why are they building up their weakest point of what week one, one was a problem, which was their front foot three. So Fayetteville's got to get some adjustments pretty quick. It's not as bad as like, if you're playing Albany or San Antonio, but Daniel Smith still can, when he's on, he can still shred you for some points and they get to play at home now.
2: And they need uh, that type of performance um, this week as well. Um, One of the reasons why is because again, the question mark in Cato, is he healthy? Um, If, I think their emergency quarterback is James Summers because he did do that in Carolina. Now, that is
0: true. He, he That is very true. He did play QB, so you are right. Um,
2: the, the, that's one thing I think could possibly be the factor in this game is the question on Fayetteville in the quarterback scenario. Um, but how Daniel Smith played two weeks ago in Carolina, how West Texas' defense was, you know, reading the the one thing that I've noticed is that their defense stepped up two weeks ago against Caroline. They were reading the plays. They were picking off Henry. They were picking off McCollum. They're making, they're getting them team in positions and win. And it came down to the very end crucial deuce that by TZ Stevens that make Caroline win. now we look at this game and honestly, we can say that the kickers may not be, Used as weapons, more of just, you know, get the extra points. Um, Maya's pretty good. He missed two key extra points against Jacksonville last week that I think really altered their game plan. Uh, but the, one of the, well, again, quarterbacks are the main reasons. Um, but yes, West Texas has been doing a lot of stuff on the free agent market to get beef up their offensive line um, up in their interior. One thing I noticed about both these teams against the common opponent of Jacksonville, they both lost the line of scrimmage battle. Um, in both games. But it comes down to Cato. If Cato's healthy, uh Fayetteville has a a, a a explosive offense that can go wire to wire, and we've seen in Orlando. Um, but Daniel Smith and Jacksonville, I mean it's just Daniel Smith and in West Texas, if we get him that performed against Carolina, instead of the performance we've seen from Jacksonville. West Texas has a good shot of doing something in this um, in this game. This is going to be one of those games where it comes down to who is starting for Fayetteville. If Cato is starting, then Fayetteville has a great chance of winning this game. If it's James Summers, you're going to have a dogfight both sides. But if we get Daniel, Daniel Smith from the Carolina game play, we might actually have a very entertaining game. But again, previewing this game is very hard. When you don't know who the quarterback is going to play for Fayetteville, if it if it's Cato, answers a lot of questions of what this game is going to be. But for this game, it, it's going to be unique. Um, but for me, I'm just looking at the again the the healthiness of Fayetteville. Uh, mm-hmm. They did go through. It's just not. It's just not Cato. There's a couple other players that got the injury bug as well. Um, and of course, let's see how West Texas rebounds after getting a quality game in Carolina you're back home in your own facility to see if they perform well. And plus what benefits Fave or benefits West Texas, they're home. They don't have to travel. Faveville has to travel all the way to, from North Carolina. So let's see what traveling does to a team of that distance. Um, but yeah, in this game, it all comes down. One's a team's Faveville's very beaten up. Um, and West Texas has had a week to recover from uh, week two. So it's a lot of little, little strange storylines that can, can pop up, but again, the biggest one is Cato. Is Cato healthy? Is he going to play? Um, or if, it, if he is healthy, what type of Cato are you going to get?
1: Yeah,
0: if he is healthy, I have a lot of questions there, and again, stuff that you know, wish we had a little bit better answer on. It's just mm-hmm. that you know, that injury report doesn't officially come out until Friday. Yes, it's not. Yes, you, that even we even you'll see in the interview we, we had, you know, you can't guarantee that's also going to be accurate. It mm-hmm. all depends on really just last minute availability and what they've been planning on all week. So we will see very much that it's the case. I think to me, that question though, lingers on, I think in terms of what West Texas does defensively as well, because, you know, we, we saw this very much present at the end of that game with Jacksonville coming to the crown Coliseum in week three that Rakeem Cato his maneuverability in the pocket helps a lot with this front three, uh, helps them buy time helps them very much move their offense and keep in rhythm. You know, he's an extremely mobile quarterback that doesn't have to rely on staying in a crisp pocket or having to maneuver a pocket in the traditional sense where it's kind of sliding up or down or left, Mm -hmm. right? He can just get on the run, throw it awkwardly on a sidearm across his body. Um, I don't, even if it's James Summers, if it is him, you know, I don't know. I have not, from what I, these film I've seen, I don't think he does it as to the degree of Cato. I know he is a little more mobile, but I cannot guarantee you're going to get the same escapability or kind of elusiveness, which makes me believe that you're going to see Tate Smith and company over in West Texas, turn up the heat. And Mm -hmm. that might be a deciding factor for this contest is that West Texas You know game one that's what kept them in against jacksonville besides of course you know some maybe some early season jitters defensively that's what kept them in the game for about two and a half quarters uh against carolina you had solid special teams play getting guys down there and defensively they were keeping them in the ball game too um this one i think you can take advantage of a line that maybe compensates a bit thanks to their quarterback that could be a tide, a turning of the tide, if you get Kerry Starks active and hungry right out of the gate. If 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 he's coming around the corner and gets one, gets two sacks in this game or something, able to get a strip sack, ends a ends a drive on fourth down, that's going to be vital. I, I think that that pressure for for West Texas will be huge in this game. If if Cato's in and he can move normally, then that I think gets eliminated. Then we have a whole another ball game. But you know. I mean that looked like a pretty severe leg injury I still am kind of iffy on if he's even going to play mm-hmm. because your, your point on James Summers being an emergency QB and the fact he has played QB I mean that's the that's the thing that is the, the lingering factor because with that being in the cards and I mean he had to get carried off the turf too hard for me to hard for me to pick pick but you'll you'll, you'll see what I'm talking you'll see uh, I might be surprising some people here in a little bit that happens. Might be revealing. Might be revealing something. Might not. Who knows? But that is something you got to take a gamble on. If you are, a, if you're a Mustangs fan, or if you're someone that's believing the Mustangs will be uh, walking out of Odessa with a second victory in their franchise history.
2: Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. But for for West Texas, you know, get a home win, get on the get in, end the losing streak as an organization, and get back in the win column. Um. Yeah, but for them, honestly, this is the perfect time for them to strike. If you want to beat Fayetteville, get them now when there's a lot of questions about the health of on the, on the Fayetteville side. Because honestly, West Texas is pretty healthy from all the way we've seen from their uh, transactions over the last couple of days. So again, we won't know the final results until Friday afternoon, sometime
1: mm-hmm.
2: for their injury report.
0: Yeah, keep an eye on that. That'll be crucial for anyone watching that game. You'll know right out of the gate because Cato's status is going to be on that report no matter what. Mm-hmm. That'll be massive for any of you fans that are, that are over there in over there in North Carolina for that game, or at least if you're watching that game over there. I, they're in Odessa. Just not trying to confuse you people. I'm just saying, trying to be creative with my words. I'm failing myself right now. Let's go to game number two. The Empire hitting the road for the first time this year. They're going over to the Snake Pit taking on the carolina cobras cobras had a had some time off this week after getting a win via deuce from tc stevens the ever so consistent kicker himself in this league one of the best that's been doing it for years now in the nal um still a wild way to win a game but boy oh boy when when you see that happen you you know i two weeks later i'm still kind of giddy that that was the way it went down unless you're a fan over there in odessa you might not be happy about that but if you're watching as like a fan of arena you're like oh wow that's that's nuts it's chaotic and you love to see it love to see it when I, love to see because deuces haven't been as common this year yet but hopefully that keeps trending up we saw that last week too and i think you're going to see that a little bit more tc stevens continuing to kind of keep going uh the question in the kicking game will kick things right off like that And i didn't think i'd be talking about it as much but you know why not make up for it since we didn't touch on as much with their last contest how good is michael hall gonna be with another week under his belt apparently was, there's was talks he came in pretty late in the last week's cycle getting ready for san antonio um as you saw later in the contest kind of some kicks were a little erratic and mm-hmm. yeah mark orozco was definitely missed last week can he clean it up and be a bit more consistent because otherwise the rest of this one i mean really really boils down to, you know, how, how much more leaps are we seeing Malik Henry take? And can they play a bit more mistake-free football than the Empire do?
2: Well, it's the small things, first off. Um, but also, you look over at Albany. They do have a couple players suspended um, for this week. Brian C.J. Okay. suspended for this week. So, uh, he's a big piece missing. Uh, of course, we again, Hall struggled. I think he showed up the day before the game. So you kind of give him a little you know, leeway from that. Uh, he has a whole week in practice and I know in Albany and knowing how they set up their field, I guarantee they've been practicing on that field all week. So I expect a better um, performance by the kicking game. Uh, but I still give the edge to TC Stevens and Carolina right now. Um, but it is the Albany Empire. It is Sam Castronova. It is Darius Prince. It is that team that is the Albany Empire. come Coming off a heartbreaking loss last week. You're, Carolina is hosting an Empire team that is looking for revenge um, from past week. Uh, a lot of Albany people think they've, um, especially, I guarantee the fan players do, felt like the game was taken from them, and now the next game they're going to really ripped someone's soul out the wind. So I I'm getting that buy from Albany for this week. But of course you go over on the Carolina side, healthy. Malik Henry is now the official starter there. He game against uh, West Texas was very good. Played against a team that was a very fast defensive team. West Texas was very quick, agile guys were, you know, collapsing on the football, reading the reads pretty well. And Henry was executing um, Albany's defense is a different beast than that. They're more power than speed compared to West Texas. Um, again, this game is going to be similar to the championship game, two teams, very similar rosters from last year. Um, this is the rematch game. Um, the One, the key differences is, of course, Carolina doesn't have Bain, or Coach the one of the key differences is Malik Henry in this game. Um, but you look at other transactions. There's a transaction there this week for DJ Myers. Come to find out, that's not the DJ Myers that we know. It's another DJ Myers. If I'm not, if I'm correct or not. So, well,
0: I actually got clarified
2: because DJ does text me. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's the league putting in the last name wrong. Oh, okay. Um, so- uh, and, and it could also be a little confusing because okay. his okay. brother, Guy, yeah. did get picked up by the Cobras. That was that was announced. So that is happening. Well, so there is a Myers. Also, so. <laughs> yeah, there's, apparently I think it's two because the way it's looking is that you have – you know DJ was out of the USFL for a mm-hmm. little over a week. Um, and I think the way it looks is that besides his brother getting signed – he was going to go back to Carolina to play. However, his rights now are going on the exempt list for other leagues because mm-hmm. he is going up. The Remember, the NAL doesn't scrutinize leagues yeah. above its own or the 50-yard game. So he is back in the USFL as of this week. So he is now on under their rights again for this year. So if he gets cut again, he can go play in Carolina and be on the same roster with his brother. But I think that's what happened. A little confusion and someone having a typo with his name, which is, Surprising, given he is the Iron Man of the year from last year. How do you? I'm sorry, guys. How do you misspell his name? It's it's in your system, so I have to knock you on that one. But that, for some clarification, both Myers brothers are are technically in the league. One should be on the roster now. The other is rights are on that said roster if he does not if he leaves the Memphis Showboats again. So mm-hmm. there's that. Uh, Guy Myers will be the backup in this case. Remember Charles McCollum? He got released after last la- two weeks after the game from two weeks ago, um, which from the sounds of all things, that was a business decision. Again, mm-hmm. um, I think James Fuller. remember he brought in leak last year with coach resident to back him up after he was let go from Jacksonville. You know, they had some good success. He knows the system Fuller trusts him and I, you know, helped him lead him to a win against West Texas, and that's where we're going so far. So can, we're continuing to see the journey of uh, Malik Henry growing as an arena quarterback. These well, last the two
2: off years. and the offense actually played better once McCullough went out. When Malik came in and was number one, the offense in Carolina moved more, was more precise, was more up tempo, and he was making like Malik Henry. Like we talked about, how Cato is night and day from last year. Malik Henry's mm-hmm. night and day from last year. Like he's reading, he, he's doing good reads. He's Throwing the dump offs, which we critiqued him on that last year, he did a lot against West Texas, and his and his deep ball is one of the best in the league. It's nice. So he has, you know, he has the the teardrop pass, he has the dime, and he has mm-hmm. the stuff that dumps off. Um, problem he was with when he was in Jacksonville, he only did one thing, and that was throw deep, and teams feasted on that because they knew what they were going to do. Oh, Malik Henry's going to throw to one guy. He's going to throw to Uno. Doing a doing this, you know, an out route straight boom. Right. And now in Carolina, he's not doing that. And that's a maturity in the game, in my opinion. But also it helps open up an offense to be more lethal. He's a talented quarterback. They're talented quarterbacks in his league. And Fuller with him now leading the charge in Carolina, their offense is pretty potent it once it starts getting it going. He has key weapons all around that offense.
0: Does. Yeah, I I think I would have to say that is absolutely, I think, why they did it, was mm-hmm. they wanted a spark. Um, he definitely came out, it seemed like that second half was a kind of a breath of fresh air a little bit. And that's not to knock Charles McComb. Obviously, he is definitely an added commodity because he got picked up in the IFL within mm-hmm. days of being released. So, you know, it's just that sometimes that system doesn't fit or the philosophy of what's needed doesn't fit either, and I think Malik just being there again this year, back to back seasons, same offensive coordinator, it just it mixed well. And I mean, last year he came in and four kind of settled him down and helped him helped them lead the Cobras to win crucial wins mm-hmm. with Bain being out last year. So you know the fit's still there, and it's a lot of guys he worked with last season that he should have some chemistry with, like you know, like a, like like say you know like Evans or you know or Smith. Of course over there too so you know i think it'll be a call that's pretty solid now will that be enough to beat albany i think that's the question now you know coach Ware and company the week of chaos from from prior from week three has passed you are it's been quiet week which is by the way thankful i'm glad it's been quiet this week because dear god i would have lost it on this show if i had had another week of people uh-huh. spamming messages on a certain facebook group about certain things so Thank you for really making it calm, and especially the team's probably happy for that too. They get to go on the road. Um, and again, one possession loss. So you know that's one. I think if you're Coach Ware, and I know Manasa feel the same way too. They're both like-minded in this. It's definitely looking at the film from last week and going, man, we did not play our be- our best selves in that second home game. And you know, Dan, you know darn well history of this team and the rosters they put together they don't do back to very okay. often. At least they don't do do back to back off weeks. Yeah. Um, you're going to probably get one of the better versions of the empire. You'll get all year in this one, because it's a get right game huh. on the road. Not to mention, you know, last season in the regular season, sure. They got the best of Carolina in, in the championship, but they didn't get a play. They didn't get a win in the snake pit last <laughs> year. Yeah. Those were tough. Those were tough loss games. That they played against the Cobras, they lost all their regular season matchups against Carolina last year, until Correct. the championship.
2: Well, I also have an interesting stat for Albany. They've only lost to two coaches, or three coaches. Two of them were on the same team. Yeah, Travis Shaw, Coach Rez, Coach Fuller.
0: That's right.
2: And Coach Fuller was a coach for the Jacksonville Sharks when they beat the Shark when they they beat Empire in 2021. So Fuller has history of beating Albany. So he knows the blueprint. And I guarantee you, Coach Shaw gave him some more ways to beat Albany last week. It's just my opinion for Albany to bounce back. They had to play their game. They're going to play it. Sam's going to play their game. Uh, Prince is going to do Prince type of things it's not just a chess match between these two teams. In my opinion, it's more of can Carolina survive the early storm? If Carolina can survive the early storm against Albany in this game, they have a fighting chance in the second half. If they don't, and we're seeing another Albany versus Orlando type of game where it gets ugly quick, then no. One thing that Santa, I mentioned this to a couple of our friends from San Antonio, um, they San Antonio survived the storm in Albany. They did. Meaning they they when they got down early, they didn't you know panic or collapse. They stuck there, and they made a play here and there later in the, in the second quarter to make an interesting game. So basically, the same thing Carolina needs to do. They need to survive the storm. They can survive the storm like the first quarter, quarter and a half, and it's only maybe a possession game. And you get then in the second half, then let's play ball. But they have to survive a storm. Yes, it's kind of odd a home team trying to survive the storm of a visiting team. But how Albany played last week, with well, the emotions that's coming from Albany right now, it's just building up to that. If Carolina can survive a storm, we're talking about a one possession game in the second half. Um, entertaining football, of course. I'll be missing most of it because I'll be in Vice Star Arena at the same time where the Sharks and Predators game. But yeah, it'll be... be a good primetime viewing for me to watch. Yeah, oh.
0: sadly that'll be a rewatch for me. I'll be in uh, Detroit for oh. a USFL game this weekend. Oh. So, uh,
2: Oh, you're not going to visit little Caesars? No.
0: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm afraid not. No. <laughs> but I I I would not put it past me that if there's a, as long as there's a little Caesars I guess in Ford Field, mm-hmm. I'll probably go maybe sneak some crazy bread and like some dipping sauce. <laughs> or something I'm. we're stopping at a pizza place before the game anyway so it's i'm probably just need to be like all right we're not pizzaed out yet but like we're gonna have to like wait till the third quarter or something but yeah i'll have to miss that one that's gonna be a good one too and mm-hmm. i'll tell you you brought up a great point jim not just brandon C. Say being out but joseph putu they're one of their starting corners getting uh-huh. suspended as well which you know i mean it's weird it's unfortunate that that's been a trend for the empire the last few years is you'll see like a period of the season where you'll see one or two guys get knocked out with like a game suspension uh-huh. you know i mean they i get you know their, their style they do they they get it rowdy they like they get in it's not only the physical game they they get with you mentally but that right. also comes with some consequences if you go a little if you aren't careful <laughs> which you know cse's learned that the last two years um sadly joseph putu is now in that in that regard so he's another guy that's suspended so guys that will have to supplement some star talent gonna need to figure that out pretty quick um, say to me is even more crucial because that pass rush is now down one mm-hmm. vital member and Malik Henry probably is, uh, given a nice, uh, breath, like nice sigh of relief after he saw that transaction. Oh, thank God. One <laughs> less guy I'll have to worry about. And maybe I can, maybe I can kind of relax a little more.
2: <laughs> this week. Hey, I, I, we cover the games. I'm, I, I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't have to deal with Prince. He <laughs> I don't even <laughs> play. I'm like, the dude's a beast. <laughs> just saying like, it, it that's the like we saw this a couple of, last year with uh, Nick Hagby now a game. Yep. For uh, that's why I
0: referenced same deal. You know, Cee yeah. was in that in that same suspension list that time too.
2: And they lost that game. That was mm-hmm. that was the game they were suspended for, and they lost that 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 upcoming week game. Um, yeah, it, it's who who we talk. I forgot who we talked to. I think it was Mason or another player saying Albany, they're physical, they'll play you tough, they also play mind games with you. But it's also part of the game if, you, if you're good in all aspects you got to be good in the mindset game too and albany's one of the elite teams uh they've done it for a couple of years now and hey they use it to their advantage and hey it gets to you sometimes mental state yeah. of mind like they say the football is 90 uh nine percent mental and ten percent physical
0: yeah they'll they'll figure it out though um they still have depths of talent on that team but it's definitely a massive loss for a game uh-huh. especially one with carolina that this is not a team you sleep on again this was a one 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 stop away team from upsetting san antonio week uh-huh. 1 so you you can't sleep on the on the cobras they are right in the thick of things and you don't want to get down two losses already and have to worry about catching back up already this point in the year it's a long year of course it's only week 4 but you know, you don't want to be one and two and then possibly see Fayetteville jump to two and one or even West Texas get their first mm-hmm. win. And then you're stuck in that middle group to start yeah. things off. You, you know.
2: Unique, unique territory for Albany. They, mm-hmm. if they drop this game and let's just say hypothetical, both Jacksonville and San Antonio, or Jackson, Jacksonville wins. San Antonio's only one. they are two games behind Jacksonville and two and a half games behind San Antonio for home field for, that too. and that even though it's so early in season, You want to keep it within a half a game. Uh, You don't want to get behind a game half or two games.
0: It's so early in the year as well, but it'd be weird if that didn't happen Mm -hmm. per se, you know, just because it's the Albany way since they've come back. But again, they know coach Ware definitely knows, you know, this week they are going to be like pounding it even harder. Mm -hmm. We were off by one play. We can't let this one slip. We need to play better and, you know, course correct things as we go. That's just how the empire way has been since Mm -hmm. this has been established. Uh, since Man- the Manas Ware era came in in 2021. Um, final game on the docket before we jump in. Obviously, we got the game of the week it- with it being Orlando taking on Jacksonville over in the Shark Tank. Always a fun one with fans of these two. In recent years, this has been a great matchup in terms of fandoms colliding uh, both sides, whether it's been a five-star, whether it's been an Amway. Uh, you've seen teams, teams fans travel really nicely in fill-in arenas, so I'm going to be looking forward to seeing Preds fans in the stands for this one as well. Special offer, by the way, $20 tickets for the game for that, for the Predators sections that they reserve. So, you know, 20 bucks, take a quick trip over to Jacksonville, and you can have yourself a fun time over there at Star. Maybe have some banter with some Sharks fans. Maybe say Jim and say hi. You know, something like that. Could happen. You don't know.
2: Possibly. But
0: have a good time. But I'll be a drunk the drunk guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which one? I'm a happy <laughs> drunk.
0: Ah, okay. Okay. Look I think. The, look for the dude with the Jacksonville sweater that <laughs> is getting giddy <laughs> when he sees yeah. Connor Blunt line up under center. And Cameron Solomon's leading in with a, with a nice m- lead in motion. He's looking for that pass saying yeah anyway we have a great interview today as jim has pointed out with well the star qb not even newly signed qb we'll call him star qb at this point just how he's been early in the year uh connor blount from the jacksonville sharks is joining us today on this edition of the nal game day kind of talking about his early season successes getting into the arena scene of course jason gibson and much, much more about him becoming a Jacksonville shark. Let's uh, let's step on a side and take a listen to our conversation.
2: There we go. All right. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah. My phone's been blowing up nonstop for the last two minutes. Someone's calling me. I wonder who it is. All good. Oh, good. Ah, yeah. I got to I got to call this person.
0: Okay.
2: It'd be five minutes. I'll be done. Oh, I'm good.
0: All right. That's what I was trying to say. Like, you good? Or everything's good?
2: Yeah, everything's fine.
0: Sweet. All right. In that case, uh, lead this, we'll lead this bad boy in. All right. In three, two, one. Hey, special thanks once again for quarterback Connor Blount joining us on the show. Great conversation. Uh, definitely would like to have him on once more later on in the season. I think that'll be entertaining to see just some more, you know, kind of perspectives on a on getting in brand new. Again, it's not often you see a fresh quarterback come on in and off the outdoor game and start dominating in the way he has three weeks in. And this is off one rough half, second half in West Texas since then. It has been smooth sailing and some of the best, some of the best, if not arguably the best QB play in the NAL through three weeks.
2: Uh, based on the stats on NAL on national Yeah, he is leads in mm-hmm. passing, uh, leads in touchdowns, leads in rushing. Uh, the, the biggest question when we entered the 2023 season is what team is Jacksonville? What type of team will they be? Who's their quarterback? And there's a lot of players that, you know, popped up in the, the quarterback realm. And Blount came in and he's been outstanding. He's mobile. He's making right reads. When he's, when he's you know, put in a situation where he needs to make a throw, he's made the throw. Uh, he made a couple great throws against the San Antonio gunslingers in the overtime loss that you look at go, yeah, the game's clicked in his head. Um, and that's big for Jacksonville because – Jack, if Jacksonville had that quarterback question beginning of the year, you would be like, are they are they a top four team? Are they a top two team? They're clearly right now, based on the standings and based on how early season success is, Jacksonville is a top three team in the league. Yeah. Um, they're going to be, them, them and San Antonio and Albany are going to be fighting each other for those top two spots all year long mean um, that's because of Connor and how he's performed. He's making good reads uh, when he, I think, in the words of Mason in the last episode, he feels that Gibson opened up the playbook for him. And now you're seeing Connor throw the ball, ball, throw the ball down the field uh, with Solomon, with Smith, and uh, with Jansen, and just, you know, torching secondaries. Uh, last second half of last week was, you could say a coming out party because there was highlights we had on the on the show where he's just chilling in the backfield, just tearing up the secondary.
0: It it helps so much that he has a great offensive line. Because, I mean, a lot of, I think one of the keys that we didn't, I would say, he did elaborate a little bit on this in the conversation, and this is something we bring up in a lot of our talks with new quarterbacks and that I think Mason's brought up too, Mm -hmm. is that a lot of these guys, they'll get, you know, rattled by, you have to get, you have to speed it up. Your internal Mm -hmm. clock can't be, the same in the end you have to you know i i say you got to put it a second faster than you do in the outdoor game and i think having a line that like in what fayetteville gives you basically a yard and a half to two yard pocket where you can just sit back relax and enjoy the ride that's massive because that means you can slow it down
1: mm-hmm.
0: basically to what you are used to at that point go okay i can focus on my mechanics i just gotta deliver a crisp ball to an open receiver that's it you know or i got gaps because arena you you know, even with the, even say if the Jack linebacker hangs out, you know, Connor, we've seen, he's got wheels. It's not like say Arvell Nelson wheels or Rakeem Cato type or Sam Castronova, but dude still can make a Jack linebacker or a DB miss. We've seen it happen in these recent weeks. Yeah. And you do find gaps like that when you have the pocket molding as nicely as it's been for him so far.
2: And now it comes down to coaching, preparation. And him listening and learning from Gibson, the guy, a coach who's been in the league many years and knows the game very well. And also helps when you have you know, captains or leaders like Solomon, who's been there, who's done that, who's helped him, uh, you know, get used to the arena game. Because we've seen up in Fayetteville with Cato, Kendrick Gings has helped him out. So yeah. Solomon's that type of guy for him here in Jacksonville. Uh, but again, it's week three you can be the best quarterback in week three in the league and six weeks from now, you can be somewhere else. Um, it's, let's, you know, steady climb, uh, getting better each week, that one, no mentality and for them go out there and perform against a banged up Orlando team this week and get the W and, you know, start putting pressure on the rest of the league, um, that the league we can say can we start becoming top heavy, if we want um, what they win this weekend. And it call comes down to Connor and, and what Jacksonville can do um, against the Orlando Predators.
0: Right. And I think we might, that's a good segue to get into this one here. Again, game of the week, the Predators t- traveling over to fe- visit the Jacksonville Sharks over there in Northern Florida at the Vice Star Memorial Coliseum. I think the grander question in this contest is not about the Sharks, it's really about the Preds. I, I think there's a lot of not even question marks just maybe concerns about the roster Mm -hmm. because you know not only do you have issues with the quarterback because you know as we saw john sheehan he left the squad after week (laughs) one um so you have two very greenhorn s quarterbacks um and not in the degree of what connor blount's been it's the complete opposite um in the case of sale agree so you have to worry about that um but also now we saw this come across the transaction wire today as we're recording Lonnie outlaws on short-term IR and you know, I know the defense for the Preds has not been spectacular to say the least in the last season and mm-hmm. a change, but Lonnie is a tall imposing Jack linebacker figure across the middle yeah. that you still have as an obstacle. And when they use him and he's been able to be used, he is a threat at receiver. That is an Iron Man player that hurts to get lost. Uh, to have lost for this game and possibly for a, a nice chunk of the year. I, I mean, Herky Walls. I feel I can only say so much as I feel bad for his squad right now. But there's no time for that. You have a game day coming up, and I think the only question to me and you, I think, has is what do you do as what do you do as Orlando to combat Jacksonville? Because I, I think this is of out of all the games this week, this is to me the most uneven one. Of all three.
2: How to combat Jacksonville is trying to get Jacksonville out of their game. One thing that Jacksonville has established in the last two games under a Gibson team is short, intermediate routes and the run game. Jacksonville likes to run the football. That, that You've seen it with both Connor and Anthony Johnson. Um, but for Orlando, for them, they have to get Prince Chanola involved early and often and more often, and every single play, just throw it to him, keep throwing to him, keep throwing him. Get the point. Um, Clarence Williams as well needs to step up big. The stars of Orlando need to play their A game because Jacksonville and how their team is organized, and how Jacksonville's pretty healthy, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Orlando is not, so Orlando's gonna be without a couple of key components. But there are there are components on that Orlando team that they could be explosive. They could be a team you do not want to face with Maxwell, with uh, Shanola with Clarence Williams, Josh Jenkins. They have talent to they have a, a, a team that if you're not playing your A game, they can beat you. Problem is, is in Jacksonville, they're you can say Jacksonville's they're in the mover in the groove or the move or they're. They, they have momentum right now. They, they're understanding their offense. Their offense exploded in the second half last week. But Orlando's reeling from their loss a couple of weeks ago against Orlando against Albany. And now you've you got the two quarterbacks. You don't know who's actually going to start. Um, but you had the week off to prepare for Jacksonville. The best thing about them is that they've had a week off to get healthy, to get a game plan, to get ready to play in Jacksonville. Um, in Jacksonville. The question is, it's just like we mentioned about or- uh, Carolina surviving the storm. Same as, same as Orlando. They're going into the Shark Tank. They've been there. They know the rivalry between the two teams. And one thing, as a fan, I don't care what the record is Orlando has. When Jacksonville or Orlando face each other, it's a rivalry. Throw the records out the books because some freaking nature happens every time these two teams face each other somehow.
0: Yeah, I mean... Shoot, I still think about 2021. You know, mm-hmm. thinking about Mike faithful. Now, credit that was an injury-based one, but that game, you know, that was massive in terms of Orlando's improvements as a franchise because that that kind of sparked really that and their second game when they swept the Sharks that year.
1: That really sparked me.
0: their. Uh, hey, you know, I'm, I'll 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 keep it to a minimum. but yeah. to revisit history that roster got sparked into a playoff into basically a playoff seeding of being the third seed that Uh year in 2021, you know, just getting a nice win over an opponent and just kind of getting some positive momentum. And I think that's something that, you know, I, I almost feel bad for the way I led into this segment, but I feel like that's what the Preds need desperately is just some sort of positivity. The last, the last half a season plus has just been consistent I would say same level of just kind of, if you're an Orlando fan, you've been grabbing your head or your hair a lot. Uh, the last, the last about year or mm-hmm. so. And I think you just want to see a something good go in that direction.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and it's going to be, and that's the thing. It's going to be kind of hard because Joseph Hess, I'm hoping the progress, the progress was made given the fact that they had an extra week to do so. Oh. You know, he was kind of thrown into a position, him and Legree where john was supposed to be the guy jack everyone you whatever name you want to call or go by you know he was the guy he he had shown that he could be con- that he could be that level of player and for some reason or not he left and now you have basically two greenhorn quarterbacks mm-hmm. of sorts hess hasn't had too much action Legree has definitely not had too much action in the nal both of them have been uh backups as of recent so hess will definitely get through get his lumps in this next game i think too I am hoping it is where he looks much more prepared and much more ready to go. Um, And I think that hope, like I said, hopefully some positivity to build. Cause like I said, I I feel bad because Orlando, it's been a long and grueling losing streak since uh, midway through last year. So, you know, that's, that's the hard part.
2: I'll get to a fan base. Yeah. I don't care who it is. I mean, God bless Uh,
0: you because the Preds fans have come out. They are, they are some of the most loyal in this league. And that mm -hmm. is what's, that is one thing. They have a great fandom behind them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they still a long road, I think, to get back to where you were two years ago.
2: One that the, usually when you look at keys of the game, it's like, oh, you got to do this to be successful. Honestly, for Orlando, they have to find a way to get turnovers. Period. That's a
0: huge.
2: They For them to stay in this game, they have to get turnovers. If you don't turn over Jacksonville, Jacksonville will walk away with this game. Mm-hmm. Because a they're I'm, healthy enough they're healthy right now.
0: I know we just talked about the line for the Sharks, but that's the thing turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe look at West Texas's game plan that first half mm-hmm. and just kind of see what you can do. They do have imposing they have imposing defenders on that side of the ball on the line too. You know, I mean, Dequan Dequan Murray Dequan Murray's a great OL, but you know he can also play D. But I mean Freddie Booth Lloyd. I've been waiting for him to get an impact. It's still early in the year. It's only been two games, but I haven't heard his name really called too much. You know, last year he was leading in sacks through the majority of the season until he got knocked out mm-hmm. later on in the later on in the twenty twenty two campaign. And I haven't heard his name really called yet. I'm kind of hoping to see that. Be, well, maybe you aren't, but you know, I'm kind of hoping to see that again because you know he can be mm-hmm. he can bully people in the in the middle of that D line or in that, in the middle of that old line, I'm hoping to see that version of him come back this week. Cause they're going to need it, you know, every bit of their best they're going to need. And I think just to get something going in the right direction, you know, to, you know, Josh Jenkins, again, tall task without mm-hmm. Lonnie outlaw as well in that middle. That's going to be something they're going to have to find answers for right out of the gate. Him and Devon Randall are going to have mm-hmm. to play even better than they usually are. Um, in all things considered. And with that receiving core getting better, um, And I agree with you, you know, Prince Chanola, you know, just to give some relief to Clarence Williams, maybe, and even Rob Jones. I think Rob Jones, you know, I think I need to see him get a little more involved in recent weeks too. You know, he does, he does have his moments, but, you know, I think he can elevate his game a bit more to also help relieve, I think, Williams from being that guy. You know, let, let Shinola do his thing and take away tar, take away defenders from Williams and vice versa, and then Jones can maybe be that third guy. You know, and that helps with a younger, like, more inexperienced community like Joseph Hess. You know, receivers getting open, getting more opportunities, quick routes, yards after the catch type of routes, like hooks, slants, stuff that you're not sitting back there. And waiting for a sharks defender to blast through the A gap and cream you into the turf. That nice <laughs> brand that you know, I'm just I'm just saying. Stuff that doesn't keep him back there and having to be in his head and like spinning at a thousand plus RPM trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, simple, simplistic moves the offense, keeps the schedule.
2: Yeah, I think that's how they have to approach this game, honestly. Um for Jacksonville, my I could say a couple of players that Orlando needs to keep an eye out, uh, is a former Orlando predator, uh, Shakai holiness. If he's going off, you're having a long day. Just Jabari Gorman, Marvin Ross, Shakai holiness. If those guys are having big days, that means they're, th- this game is not close.
0: Tough. go, That's,
2: Yeah. But
0: tough go. I mean, I know we, <laughs> some folks listening are like, well, I think we know what the pick is, but you do know. Um, you know. Wait, wait until the picks are in, guys. It's, still, it's the last one's game of the week.
2: Oh, I haven't clicked the script yet. That's yeah, when you they, know something script, fishy yeah. fishy's happening. But, yeah.
0: But yeah, I think – but, again, you might understand, though, folks, that the, the reinforcement of more questions in Orlando, that is going to be the key. I think that's just going to be the simple storyline of the game. Mm-hmm. What Preds team do you see come out after a bye week? You know? Because I, I, think, I think if you're an Orlando fan, you'll be really ashamed if you see another – 35 plus point blowout uh you know after having an extra go off and i don't expect that i really don't I, i think i mean herky being the ex the ex arena football player he is you know that gives him a little more time to get things down he wants and he knows you know you gotta get off the mat you know you gotta find the best and you know he was one of the best so you have to hope to inspire and get things in the right on the right track for this game you know, mm-hmm. in a very important early season matchup to kind of keep yourself relevant with the rest of that possible separation. We won't be talking about possible separation, uh, you know, separation Tuesday, Monday, you know, we coming up here soon. Our first that we've had of the year.
2: Pretty much. Hopefully we can it's not
0: with, and it might be with them.
2: If you see, if you see in the tag highlight or the title of the show, if it says separation, something that means, that means Zach Mason and the crew think this past weekend was separation. Um, we don't know that yet, because the games have to be played. But speaking of the games, my friend, I think it's time to give what the people want, and that is Week Four pickems. We've got three games. Oh, um, um, Zach, my friend, um, your lead went away one weekend. F-
0: fumbled the bag. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean Fay- Fayetteville. You know what? I can't predict a leg injury um, that basically i would say makes the offense non-existent mm-hmm. um and I, I mean the fact that it came down to one play in albany deciding whether you and i would be talking about things differently you know <laughs> that's the thing yeah. so who knows um i mean honestly you'd still be leading either case but at least i'd have a win wouldn't be going on 2. <laughs> but uh f- oh hey fun little anecdote with that though by the way um, cause I have, we have an NAL pickem in one of uh, the Discord servers I'm in, not the inside the walls one. But if you want, join that one because we do a them, But it was a separate pickem. We everyone picked Fayetteville and, and Albany. We all went 0 and 2 in that separate <laughs> pickem. I am not kidding. I was like, I, I I posted in there. I went, congrats everyone. We all missed our picks this week. Uh. So it does happen but let's see if we're if we're going to be as unlucky this week i don't know if we how dare you hey i know I, I i i should be better my picking should be better well let's hope this week starts off on a hot note let's see fayetteville going to west texas we're gonna the expansion matchup the new blood game if you will whatever you want to call it these two teams brand new fresh off the arena boat onto the scene in the nal this year are going to be taking on each other. As we've talked, QB position is gonna, I think, make or break how you pick this game, who comes out on top, who's gonna be the guy to get another win or for West Texas to finally get their first in NAL history. And you know what? I, th- I'm rolling the dice a little, and it's because I, I am suspicious of the QB position in Fayetteville. And I think because you dropped DeAndre Boral, and sure, James Summers is there, but I think because Boral got let go, I have faith that either Fayetteville has a QB option up their sleeve that hasn't been revealed yet, or Cato happens to be healthy. I'm rolling the dice, and I'm taking the Mustangs. It is a gamble. This is like a very risky play for me, but I'm going to bet on the better version of the Mustangs being here, and I think the better version of Fayetteville would win in this case. So I'm taking Fayetteville. I lost. What I'm not supposed to lose. Let me see the script. I love that clip.
2: Oh, yes. The script. Yes, I got the script. Uh, no, the script did not predict the injury of Cato. No, pre- this script predicts this game. It comes down to quarterback play. comes down to who the healthiest quarterback is. Um, but I'm not going to drag this out here. I know who I'm going to pick uh, because it's checking the script. Lengthy road trip, short road trip, going to Odessa from Fayetteville. A lot of question marks on the team on the health on the health of Fayetteville. Uh, those are just two big lingering questions. Um, I got West Texas pulling off the win at home um, to start their first win of the season. Um, because the last home game or the last game they played, they looked very impressive. They just fell short. But too many questions for Fayetteville for me to pick the uh, Fayetteville Mustangs this week.
0: Fair enough, and I think that when. That one honestly, like I said, I I could I'm taking a gamble here, so I am not going to be surprised if I am taking a loss. But hey, you never know. I'm looking a little I'm looking at all the suspicious angles here. Trying to read between the lines. Let's see what Coach Gunnings is doing. We'll find out, of course, later on this weekend. Meanwhile, as we've talked, the Empire going over to Greensboro, visiting the snake pit, trying to redeem a win after kind of just well, let's just say things went a little sideways in the final few downs there in the, the capital region, let victory slip out of their hands into the jaws of defeat. I am going to say that the empire come with their best. I don't expect coach Ware to have a second week in a row that you see a few mistakes dash a win. Cause again, th- that game, as we talked could have gone completely different. And I do not think they let the same mistakes happen twice. Um, Fair point, though, that James Fuller knows that what the Empire do best. But I think the Empire prevail in this one this time. This is not the same Cobras team as in 2022. It's a good team. It's not that good of a team, though, in the regular season. I have to go with the Empire here.
2: Uh, i, I hell the same um, things that you said. But I think, like I mentioned in the preview, uh, Carolina needs to survive a storm. I do think they do survive a storm. I just don't think they have enough to go. Uh, Beat a very angry Albany Empire team this week. Uh, I like the Empire to win a close one. Um, I think it's going to be the most one of the most entertaining games again this week between these two teams. But I like the Empire pulling off a win. I think both these teams. This is going to be very exciting, ladies and gentlemen. Both these teams hit seventy points this week.
0: Ooh, you know, I think I think the optimist in me definitely sees at least one pushing that number. We could see a similar West Texas kind of score where it's 60, 60 each. And mm-hmm. I love those games. I, I love me. high scoring arena football game. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite type of game right there. Giving me those sick, those 50 plus, especially 60 plus ones. We're in for a hell of a hell of mm-hmm. a weekend at that point. Finally, the game of the week, Orlando traveling over to their rivals in Jacksonville for the first of a, of a many game series between these two this year. Preds looking to really just come off a buy, and show us that show us some improvement. Just show some better QB play, and really to get the best out of what they have on the roster, and see what Herky Walls and company cook up. Do I think the Preds come into the Shark Tank and stun the Sharks themselves? <laughs> no, I'm not that confident. I know that some of you are like, well, you already kind of revealed I think your colors in the analysis section. Yeah, sure, I might have, but. Here's the thing, guys. I, I I think that this is really going to be for Herky. You know, if you're if you're the organization for the Preds, this is a year one, give them time to build up. And if you give them a chance for year two to come back and kind of get the things down. That's how I'm looking at the season right now. Um, otherwise, you never know. Transactions could happen. But right now, this is not a Preds team that can take on a Empire, a Sharks, a Gunslingers. This is a team that needs to find out its identity. I, I have to take the Sharks here.
2: I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to pick the Sharks. Um, no shock. Um, and there's like how I mentioned about West Texas or uh, Fayetteville, too many questions for the Fayetteville Mustangs. Um, for here, it's just the health of Orlando. I just don't like it. They have too many too many key pieces out in this game, uh, and you're going to have a very inexperienced quarterback going in the Shark Tank against a defense that's pretty. Uh, you can say in the second half, was lethal against the Fayetteville Mustangs last week. I think Jacksonville just feeds off the energy. They lost a close one at home two weeks ago. Um, That was Gibson's debut in Jacksonville. Um, You know dang well he's not going to go out the second game and not play on the show. I think Jacksonville is – I I don't want to say this, but – we're going to see something very familiar between Albany and Orlando game earlier in the year. I think Jacksonville pulls away this game and it's just, I want this closer. I want this game to be close, but there's just so many question marks in Orlando right now. So yes, I have Jacksonville winning this game. So we're only difference between one pick, my friend that's West Texas and Fayetteville this week. So yeah.
0: Hey, when you're tied for picks, at least in, in between us two, Mm -hmm. some of us got to switch things up now credit you know we have the pick them between us as a whole group we're de- neither of us are at the top it's uh actually some former guys that are in the nal that are at the top uh if you catch my drift they mm-hmm. they're one of them's perfect right now through three yes. weeks so that is that is impressive kudos to uh kudos to you good sir uh but yeah yeah um, blinded
2: by the light yeah
0: ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, jim any any uh, final thoughts my friend
2: Final thoughts uh, to the people that have games this weekend, West Texas, uh, Carolina, Jacksonville. Get your tickets now. Go to these arenas. Arena football is fun. It's family friendly. But for the existence for our sport, we need butts in seats.
0: $10 to go to the, the game in West Texas, by the way. Correct. A $10 ticket. You can go and watch ticket. an arena football
2: game. And it's movie night in Jacksonville on on Sunday. Uh, after the game, they're doing some a movie uh, f- uh, for kids, so I guarantee there's gonna be a lot of kids there. Um, so Jackson has something. I think Caroline's doing. I think it's military appreciation this week in Caroline. I might be wrong. I might be in the next home game, but still, call call your local ticket offices. Go to Ticketmasters.com or go to the web. Uh, go to the West Texas' website. Uh, I forgot they don't use Ticketmaster; they use another service but it's on their website. So go get your tickets, uh, go support this game that we love and come back here on Tuesday and watch us be right about our picks or Mm. wrong about our picks. That's the joy of this.
0: You know, I thought about this this week and it's because we're signing off. And I, Mm -hmm. I feel bad. Some folks haven't pointed this out, but we haven't done this in a while, but as we leave today, um, Jim, remember we gotta remember one thing, right? What, what do we have to remember?
2: Remember. oh ha wow we haven't done that in a while
0: that's what i'm saying it's been oh, a minute oh it's
2: wow a minute. who brought that up a listener I,
0: I thought about that that wasn't a listener oh. i just for, i was like after the rebound session this week i was like oh yeah we really haven't been doing that but oh. what, what are we gonna remember jim oh and it's actually important it, it applies to last week
2: oh yeah don't be a jack out of the box
0: Sorry, Trevon. <laughs> we'll catch you next time on here on our rebound session. Talk about the games after week, week four. Uh, but see you on the next one here on Inside the Walls. Stay tuned to that and the NAL social pages for more content and for a fun time with the arena game itself back in action. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the
1: Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier.